Act Two of The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One, Padua, a room in Baptista's house. Enter Caterina and Bianca. Good sister, wrong me not, nor wrong yourself to make a bondmaid and a slave of me. That I disdain, but for these other gods, unbind my hands, I'll pull them off myself. Yea, all my raiment, to my petticoat, or what you will command me, will I do. So well I know my duty to my elders. Of all thy suitors here, I charge thee tell whom thou lovest best. See thou dissemble not. Believe me, sister, of all the men alive, I never yet beheld that special face which I could fancy more than any other. Minion, thou liest! Is it not Hortensio? If you affect him, sister, here I swear, I'll plead for you myself, but you shall have him. Oh, then belike you fancy riches more. You will have Gremio to keep you fair. Is it for him you do envy me so? Nay, then you jest, and now I well perceive you have but jested with me all this while. I prithee, Sister Kate, untie my hands. If that be jest, then in the rest was so. Strikes her. Enter Baptista. Why, how now, dame? Whence grows this insolence? Bianca, stand aside. Poor girl, she weeps. Go ply thy needle. Meddle not with her. For shame, thou hilding of a devilish spirit! Why dost thou wrong her that it ne'er wrong thee? When did she cross thee with a bitter word? Her silence flouts me, and I'll be revenged. Flies after Bianca. What? In my sight? Bianca, get thee in. Exit Bianca. What, will you not suffer me? Nay, now I see she is your treasure. She must have a husband, and I must dance barefoot on her wedding day, and for all your love to her lead apes in hell. Talk not to me. I will go sit and weep till I can find occasion of revenge. Exit. Was ever gentleman thus grieved as I? But who comes here? Enter Gremio, with Lucentio in the habit of a mean man. Petruccio, with Hortensio as a musician, and Tranio, with Biondello bearing a lute and books. Good morrow, neighbor Battista. Good morrow, neighbor Gremio. God save you, gentlemen. And you, good sir, pray, have you not a daughter, called Caterina, fair and virtuous? I have a daughter, sir, called Caterina. You are too blunt. Go to it orderly. You wrong me, signor Gremio. Give me leave. I am a gentleman of Verona, sir, that, hearing of her beauty and her wit, her affability and bashful modesty, her wondrous qualities and mild behavior, am bold to show myself a forward guest within your house, to make mine eyes the witness of that report which I so oft have heard, and for an entrance to my entertainment I do present you with a man of mine. Presenting Hortensio. Cunning in music and the mathematics, to instruct her fully in those sciences, whereof I know she is not ignorant, except of him, or else you do me wrong. His name is Licio, born in Mantua. You're welcome, sir, and he for your good sake. But for my daughter Katrina, this I know, she is not for your turn. The more my grief. I see you do not mean to part with her, or else you like not of my company. Mistake me not, I speak but as I find. 
Whence are you, sir? What may I call your name? Petruchio is my name, Antonio's son, a man well known throughout all Italy. I know him well. You are welcome for his sake. Saving your tale, Petruchio, I pray, let us that are poor petitioners speak too. Beccari, you are marvellous forward. Oh, pardon me, Signor Gremio. I would fain be doing. I do not doubt it, sir, but you will curse your wooing. Neighbor, this is a gift very grateful, I am sure of it, to express the like kindness myself that have been more kindly beholding to you than any. Freely give unto you this young scholar that has long been studying at Reims, as cunning in Greek, Latin, and other languages as the other in music and mathematics. His name is Cambio. Pray accept his service. Presenting Lucentio. A thousand thanks, Signor Gremio. Welcome, good Cambio. To Tranio. But, gentle sir, methinks you walk like a stranger. May I be so bold to know the cause of your coming? Pardon me, sir, the boldness is mine own, that being a stranger in this city here, do make myself a suitor to your daughter, unto Bianca, fair and virtuous. Nor is your firm resolve unknown to me, in the preferment of the eldest sister. This liberty is all that I request, that, upon knowledge of my parentage, I may have welcome amongst the rest that woo, and free access and favour as the rest. And, toward the education of your daughters, I here bestow a simple instrument, and this small packet of Greek and Latin books, if you accept them, then their worth is great. Lucentio is your name, of whence I pray? Of Pisa, sir, son to Vincentio. A mighty man of Pisa, by report I know him well. You are very welcome, sir. To Hortensio. Take you the lute. To Lucentio. And you the set of books. You shall go see your pupils presently. Holla, within. Enter a servant. Sirrah, leave these gentlemen to my two daughters, and tell them both these are their tutors. Bid them use them well. Exit servant, with Hortensio, Lucentio, and Biondello. We will go walk a little in the orchard, and then to dinner. You are passing welcome, and so I pray you all to think yourselves. Signor Baptista, my business asketh haste, and every day I cannot come to woo. You knew my father well, and in him me, left solely heir to all his lands and goods, which I have bettered rather than decreased. Then tell me, if I get your daughter's love, what dowry shall I have with her to wife? After my death, the one half of my lands, and in possession twenty thousand crowns. And for that dowry I'll assure her of her widowhood, be it that she survive me, and all my lands and leases whatsoever. Let specialties be therefore drawn between us, that covenants may be kept on either hand. Ay, when the special thing is well obtained, that is, her love, for that is all in all. Why, that is nothing, for I tell you, father, I am as peremptory as she is proud-minded, and where two raging fires meet together, they do consume the thing that feeds their fury. Though little fire grows great with little wind, yet extreme gusts will blow out fire and all, so I to her, and so she yields to me, for I am rough and woo not like a babe. Well mayst thou woo, and happy be thy speed. But be thou aunt for some unhappy words. Ay, to the proof, as mountains are for winds, that shake not, though they blow perpetually. Re-enter Hortensio, with his head broke. How now, my friend, why dost thou look so pale? 
For fear, I promise you, if I look pale. What? Will my daughter prove a good musician? I think she'll sooner prove a soldier. Iron may hold with her, but never lutes. Why? Then thou canst not break her to the lute? Why, no, for she hath broke the lute to me. I did but tell her she mistook her frets, and bowed her hand to teach her fingering, when, with the most impatient devilish spirit, Frets, you call these, quoth she, I'll fume with them. And with that word she struck me on the head, and through the instrument my pate made way, and there I stood amazed for a while as on a pillory looking through the lute, while she did call me rascal fiddler and twangling jack with twenty such vile terms as she has studied, to misuse me so. Now, by the world, it is a lusty wench. I love her ten times more than e'er I did. Oh, how I long to have some chat with her. Baptista, to Hortensio. Well, go with me, and be not so discomfited. Proceed and practice with my younger daughter. She's apt to learn and thankful for good turns. Signor Petruccio, will you go with us, or shall I send my daughter Kate to you? I pray you do. I will attend her here. Exeunt Baptista, Gremio, Tranio, and Hortensio. And woo her with some spirit when she comes. Say that she rail. Why, then, I'll tell her plain. She sings as sweetly as a nightingale. Say that she frown. I'll say she looks as clear as morning roses newly washed with dew. Say she be mute and will not speak a word. Then I'll commend her volubility and say she uttereth piercing eloquence. If she do bid me pack, I'll give her thanks, as though she bid me stay by her a week. If she deny to wed, I'll crave the day, when I shall ask the bands, and when be married. But here she comes, and now, Petruchio, speak. Enter Caterina. Good morrow, Kate, for that's your name, I hear. Well have you heard, but something hard of hearing. They call me Catherine that do talk of me. You lie, in faith, for you are called plain Kate, and bonny Kate, and sometimes Kate the cursed, but Kate, the prettiest Kate in Christendom, Kate of my Kate Hall, my super dainty Kate, for dainties are all Kates, and therefore Kate, take this of me, Kate of my consolation, hearing thy mildness praised in every town, thy virtues spoke of, and thy beauty sounded, yet not so deeply as to thee belongs, myself am moved to woo thee for my wife." Moved in good time. Let him that moved you hither remove you hence. I knew you at the first. You were immovable. Why? What's immovable? A joint stool. Thou hast hit it. Come, sit on me. Asses are made to bear, and so are you. Women are made to bear, and so are you. No such jade as bear you, if me you mean. Alas, good Kate, I will not burden thee. For, knowing thee to be but young and light— too light for such a swain as you to catch, and yet as heavy as my weight should be. Should be. Should buzz. Well tain and like a buzzard. O oh, slow-winged turtle, shall a buzzard take thee? Ay, for a turtle as he takes a buzzard. Come, come, you wasp. If faith, you are too angry. If I be waspish, best beware my sting. My remedy is, then, to pluck it out. Ay, if the fool could find it where it lies. Who knows not where a wasp does wear his sting? In his tail. In his tongue. Whose tongue? Yours, if you talk of tails, and so farewell. What, with my tongue and your tail? Nay, come again. Good Kate, I am a gentleman. That I'll try. Striking him. 
I swear I'll cuff you if you strike again. So may you lose your arms. If you strike me, you are no gentleman. And if no gentleman, why then no arms? A herald, Kate? Oh, put me in thy books. What is your crest? A coxcomb? A combless cock. So Kate will be my hen. No cock of mine you crow to like a craven. Nay, come, Kate, come. You must not look so sour. It is my fashion when I see a crab. Why, here's no crab, and therefore look not sour. There is. There is. Then show it to me. Had I a glass, I would. What, you mean my face? Well aimed of such a young one. Now, by St. George, I am too young for you. Yet you are withered. Tis with cares. I care not. Nay, hear you, Kate. In sooth, you scape not so. I chafe you if I tarry. Let me go. No, not a whit. I find you passing gentle. Twas told me you were rough, and coy, and sullen, and now I find report a very liar. For thou art pleasant, gamesome, passing courteous, but slow in speech, yet sweet as springtime flowers. Thou canst not frown, thou canst not look askance, nor bite the lip, as angry wenches will, nor hast thou pleasure to be cross in talk, but thou with mildness entertained thy wooers, with gentle conference, soft and affable. Why does the world report that Kate doth limp? O slanderous world! Kate, like the hazel twig, is straight and slender, and as brown in hue as hazelnuts, and sweeter than the kernels. Oh, let me see thee walk! Thou dost not halt. Go, fool, in whom thou keep'st command. Did ever Diane so become a grove, as Kate, this chamber, with her princely gait? Oh, be thou Diane, and let her be Kate, and then let Kate be chaste, and Diane sportful. Where did you study all this goodly speech? It is extempore, from my mother wit. A witty mother, witless else her son. Am I not wise? Yes, keep you warm. Mary, so I mean, sweet Catherine, in thy bed, and therefore setting all this chat aside, thus in plain terms your father hath consented that you shall be my wife, your dowry agreed on. And will you, nil you, I will marry you. Now, Kate, I am a husband for your turn, for, by this light, whereby I see thy beauty, thy beauty that doth make me like thee well, thou must be married to no man but me, for I am he am born to tame you, Kate, and bring you from a wild Kate to a Kate conformable as other household Kates. Here comes your father. Never make denial. I must and will have Catherine to my wife. Re-enter Baptista, Gremio, and Tranio. Now, Signor Petruccio, how speed you with my daughter? How but well, sir? How but well? It were impossible I should speed amiss. Why, how now, daughter Catherine? In your dumps? Call you me daughter. Now I promise you, you have showed a tender fatherly regard to wish me wed to one half-lunatic, a madcap ruffian, and a swearing jack, that thinks with oaths to face the matter out. Father, tis thus. Yourself and all the world that talked of her have talked amiss of her. If she be cursed, it is for policy, for she's not froward, but modest as the dove. She is not hot, but temperate as the morn. For patience she will prove a second gristle, and Roman Lucrece for her chastity. And to conclude, we have agreed so well together that upon Sunday is the wedding day. I'll see thee hanged on Sunday first. 
Hark, Petruchio, she says she'll see thee hanged first. Is this your speeding? Nay, then good night our part. Be patient, gentlemen, I choose her for myself. If she and I be pleased, what's that to you? Tis bargain twixt us twain, being alone, that she shall still be cursed in company. I tell you, tis incredible to believe how much she loves me. Oh, the kindest Kate, she hung about my neck, and kiss on kiss she vied so fast, protesting oath on oath, that in a twink she won me to her love. Oh, you are novices, tis a world to see, how tame, when men and women are alone, a meacock wretch can make the cursedest shrew. Give me thy hand, Kate, I will unto Venice, to buy apparel against the wedding day, provide the feast, father, and bid the guests. I will be sure my Catherine shall be fine. I know not what to say, but give me your hands. God send you joy, Petruccio. Tis a match. Amen, say we. We will be witnesses. Father and wife and gentlemen, adieu. I will to Venice. Sunday comes apace. We will have rings and things and fine array. And kiss me, Kate. We will be married a Sunday. Exeunt Petruccio and Caterina, severally. Was ever a match clapped up so suddenly? Faith, gentlemen, now I play a merchant's part, and venture madly on a desperate mart. Twas a commodity lay fretting by you. Twill bring you gain or perish on the seas. The gain I seek is quiet in the match. No doubt but he hath got a quiet catch. But now, Battista, to your younger daughter, now is the day we long have looked for. I am your neighbour, and was suitor first. And I am one that love Bianca more than words can witness or your thoughts can guess. Youngling, thou canst not love so dear as I. Greybeard, thy love doth freeze. But thine doth fry. Skipper, stand back. Tis age that nourisheth. But youth in ladies' eyes that flourisheth. Content you, gentlemen, I'll compound this trife. Tis deeds must win the prize, and he of both that can assure my daughter greatest dower shall have my Bianca's love. Say, Signor Gremio, what can you assure her? First, as you know, my house within the city is richly furnished with plate and gold, basins and ewers to lave her dainty hands, my hangings all of Tyrian tapestry. In ivory coffers I have stuffed my crowns, in cypress chests my arras counterpoints, costly apparel, tents and canopies, fine linens, turkey cushions bossed with pearl, balance of Venice gold and needlework, pewter and brass, and all things that belong to house or housekeeping. Then at my farm I have six hundred milk kind to the pail, six score fat oxen standing in my stalls, and all things answerable to this portion. Myself am stuck in years, I must confess, and if I die to-morrow, this is hers. If whilst I live, she will be only mine. That only came well in. Sir, list to me. I am my father's heir and only son. If I may have your daughter to my wife, I'll leave her houses three or four as good within rich Pisa's walls as any one old Signor Gremio has in Padua. Besides two thousand ducats by the year of fruitful land, all which shall be her jointure. What, have I pinched you, Signor Gremio? Two thousand ducats by year of land. My land amounts not to so much in all that she shall have, besides an argosy that now lies in Marseilles' road. What, have I choked you with an argosy? 
Gremio, tis known my father hath no less than three great argosies, besides two galleuses and twelve tight galleys. These I will assure her, and twice as much, whate'er thou offerest next. Nay, I have offered all, I have no more. And she can have no more than all I have. If you like me, she shall have me and mine. Why, then, the maid is mine from all the world by your firm promise. Gremio is outvied. I must confess your offer is the best, and let your father make her the assurance. She is your own, else you must pardon me. If you should die before him, where's her dower? That's but a cavil. He is old, I young. And may not young men die as well as old? Well, gentlemen, I am thus resolved. On Sunday next, you know, my daughter Catherine is to be married. Now, on the Sunday following, shall Bianca be bride to you, if you make this assurance, if not to Signor Gremio. And so I take my leave, and thank you both. Adieu, good neighbour. Exit Baptista. Now I fear thee not, sirrah, young gamester. Your father were a fool to give thee all, and in his waning age set foot under thy table. Tut, a toy! An old Italian fox is not so kind, my boy. Exit. A vengeance on your crafty, withered hide. Yet I have faced it with a card of ten. Tis in my head to do my master good. I see no reason but supposed De Lucencio must get a father called supposed Vincencio. And that's a wonder. Fathers commonly do get their children. But in this case of wooing, a child shall get a sire, if I fail not of my cunning. Exit. End of Act Two.